Kolstad has seen our planet from a perspective unlike any other. She's lived and worked more than 100 days in space. She's completed two missions aboard the space shuttle and the International Space Station. She's seen Earth from about 200 miles away. Imagine how that perspective would change the way you view the world and yourself. It's interesting because Nicole's incredible journey into space first began when she started overcoming her own self-doubt. It was only when she started believing in herself and believing that it was possible that a whole universe opened up to her. I was so inspired hearing Nicole's story. She is fearless and bold in pursuing and achieving her dreams. I'm Mary Lee, and this is STEM Boldly. I thought of it as something that other people did. It didn't seem like it was really this possibility for me, not because anybody told me I couldn't do it, which I really appreciate that nobody ever told me that, but it just seemed so out there. That might seem a little weird, but it just seemed so like something other people do. I remember watching the first moon landing with my family and talking about that and looking at the moon perhaps in a little bit different way and knowing that people were there. And it excited me that 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 could go on, but it just didn't seem like something that could be real for me. And I think the way I ultimately got there was through a love of flying that I developed, uh, through that love that my dad had and my family. We, I grew up at the airport. My dad built and flew small airplanes. And so Flying became something that was, was part of me as well. And I'm very thankful for my family for, for sharing that, you know, kind of unique experience with me in a way that got in my blood too. And, and ultimately that led to what am I going to study at school? And I knew I wanted to earn my pilot's license. And I knew I wanted to know how things fly. And so I chose aeronautical engineering and that led me to a job with NASA and Many years after working with NASA and at the encouragement of some mentors, I filled out the application to become an astronaut. I, I think that it was kind of a, a little bit different journey to what some of my colleagues would tell you. I mean, some of them would tell you that from the time they watched that moon landing, they knew. Um, that was not it for me, but it certainly became something that became more and more, I don't know, more and more interesting to me as a possibility uh, as I was working for NASA and seeing what astronauts do 99.9% of their time, which is not flying in space, and was very similar to what I was already doing as a NASA engineer. It's really incredible the kind of opportunities that open up for you when you're actively, I would say actively paying attention to the things you enjoy doing and letting that guide the choices you make about what you want to study at school or the kind of hobbies you want to have or the you know, the job, you, you, the work you want to do in life. And really, I think when you do that, the opportunities do open up. I mean, astronaut was an opportunity that, that presented itself to me as an option, at least to apply for it and to consider it because of something that started out as a love of flying and, and allowing myself to pay attention to that. And, and I think also, it, it comes from engaging with, perhaps trusting uh, some of the people in your lives that you consider to be mentors that might see something in you that you don't see in yourself and, and allow you to put yourself out there a little bit more um, and consider things like being an astronaut. I try to find, and I don't want to say use, <laughs> I don't want to make that a negative thing, but I try to find and take advantage of, really positively take advantage of 
you know, the people that I meet along the way, because they, they will, you know, inevitably see something in me that I might not see in myself, or they might, you know, they might honestly criticize me as well. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, they might pass on, you know, words of wisdom to me that, that I might not necessarily want to hear either, but that are ultimately really beneficial to me. That you can turn it around and actually see that they're meaning it for your good and to better you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's one of the fun parts of astronaut training was, well, fun with the quotation marks around it, maybe, because, <laughs> you know, everything that we were doing as part of training, you're, you're being evaluated every step of the way. You know, even if you're not in a session that's an evaluation, you're, be, you're being evaluated and you just have to be confident enough to accept that and to accept it in a way that, you know, as human beings, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And, and yes, we all have weaknesses. And that's something that it's a little difficult, you know, when you want to be the best at everything to acknowledge weaknesses as well. But we learn so much from that. And when you're working as a team doing really... I don't know, amazing kind of things that seem maybe even impossible to do. It's really cool when you can bring together a team of people with different strengths and weaknesses and take advantage of those in a way that makes the success of the mission even better. That's amazing. And what do you think were maybe some of your biggest challenges and what you learned from that and how that actually led to your successes? The single most important thing as a challenge to me that stands out was confidence in myself. Like, you know, that, that whole idea that astronaut was something other people did. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Nobody ever told me I couldn't do it. And I mean, I'll just use that as, as the example is that, uh, it really did take those people that I considered to be mentors, encouraging me, you know, when I asked, I mean, I asked them about it, but encouraging me once I did to fill out something as simple as filling out an application. I mean, you're not, it doesn't hurt you to fill out an application. <laughs> you know, no pain comes from it at all. It's like, it's, it's, you know, if you don't play, you don't win kind of thing. And I think this, this questionable confidence in myself was my biggest challenge to overcome. And I try to think about that a lot now as I'm doing different things, you know, as I'm, uh, you know, doing artistic things or participating in, you know, in projects that aren't technical or engineering based, but are more, you know, artistic and creative. How do I overcome that questioning of my own, that self-confidence thing, you know, because the, the coolest things happen when we challenge ourselves outside of that comfort zone. And so I have to always remind myself of that too, that, wow, you know, you got to do something really pretty amazing that the odds were not in my favor. And I need to, I need to leverage that, that understanding of, of the, the blessing of that experience and other things I do in my life too. I love it. It's kind of like that journey of your professional and personal journey that they're kind of one in the same. Absolutely. I mean, there is nothing that I did as part of like my training to be an astronaut that doesn't somehow apply to just living life day to day. And, you know, that's everything from, you know, kind of the, the teaming aspects of working with different people from different places around the world and how you apply that to your, you know, just your immediate family even, and to, you know, seeing the earth from space and recognizing that, wow, we're all, you know, traveling on the same planet together. And how, how do I fit into that? Um, What's that interconnectivity there that I should be taking a lesson away from this, you know, to how I live day to day and what my goals in life are, 
you know, since I have that understanding, I, I really, it, it all just fits together. The moment you found out that you were going to become an astronaut, what was that like? What was that feeling like? I, I think disbelief is, is certainly there. You know, I, I applied twice to be an astronaut. The first time I did not get selected and I, I interviewed, but I didn't get selected. And what's funny about it is I didn't expect really to get selected. I, I thought, well, you know, I'll go through this and I'm doing this interview with these really amazing people. You know, I'm looking around myself thinking, okay, Nikki, you don't stand a chance. These are, these are some very intelligent, skilled, experienced people doing things you've never even imagined. And how could you compete with them? you know, in this, this whole process of being selected. So I didn't get selected that first time. And while it wasn't a surprise, I, I have to admit it, it. I was, I was disappointed because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know how really awesome I think this could be. But it set me up for realizing that, wow, you know, you will apply again. And even if you don't get selected again, think of the very positive things that came from it. The, I mean, I'm still in contact with a lot of those people that I interviewed with that day, some of whom did get selected and some who didn't. And some of those that didn't are off doing just, you know, some of the most creative and wonderful things with their lives, even not being an astronaut. So I think being chosen, that, that day was a very surreal day, uh, you know, a day of disbelief. And I think that all along the way, it kind of was like that. Oh my gosh, I'm in a spacesuit in a swimming pool. And then, you know, or oh my gosh, I'm in a T-38 jet flying super fast from Johnson Space Center to Kennedy Space Center to go do some other kind of really cool training. And oh my gosh, I'm working with, you know, people from all different kinds of backgrounds that are, you know, one day hoping to get to space and apply that skill and experience they have there. And you know, and then getting to space and being like, oh my gosh, I'm in space and coming back. And, you know, now as we talk about this, I'm like, I, I have to remind myself that it really happened. And I live vicariously through my friends that are there. I, I think disbelief is still kind of there. <laughs> it's one of yourself kind of things that um, just doesn't ever, again, I guess it goes back to that very beginning thing of thinking, wow, this just doesn't seem like something that could be real for me. And and in the end, I think that makes it, I don't know, I think there's a, an appreciation that comes from it that way. If we keep kind of looking at these things that we get to do that are kind of extraordinary in a way, like, wow, you know, it just doesn't seem real that I could do that. And that, that I have, I hope, inspires other people to believe that it's possible. That's great. What were some of your favorite moments in space? The whole moment. I, that's what I kind of say. Some, some ways it's all wrapped up into like one big, amazing moment. Um, for sure, the, I don't know, just the way your body feels in space is an incredible thing. It's a very liberating thing to be able to just gently push off, you know, the wall and float and fly freely, you know, through the space station. That, that is uh, a moment for sure. Um, the, the, the opportunity to, um, do those kinds of things with other people from around the world, to be there doing something that, you know, is benefiting life down here on earth with people from all over the world, you know, that kind of, um, experience with other people together. And then for sure, I think if the one thing that stands out more than anything is the opportunity to look through the window back, you know, back at earth and, um, relate to it in a way that I don't think I ever did while I was right down here in the middle of it. Um, I think there's something to separating, 
and seeing things from a new perspective, from a, you know, kind of interesting vantage point that allows us to better understand where we fit in, you know, fit into that. And that for sure is probably the kind of the over the, the highlight would be that opportunity to see, you know, see our planet and where we live from space. That sounds amazing. It's something that I'm sure so many of us would love to see. And what was it like that unique um, and special perspective? And how does it, how did that change your perspective of the world and of yourself? Well, I think it was, I mean, it really was a reality check for sure. You know, I mean, I, I think we all know without even thinking about it on a daily basis that we live on a planet that's in space. But it's just not one of those things that pops up in your mind, you know, in your mind normally. And, and, but when you do start uh, acknowledging that, which I don't think there's a day that goes by now that at some point in time in the background, every day I reflect on that in some way. That, that I that I saw, experienced that in a way that should be just part of me now. It's like it's in me. And, and I don't think you have to go to space really to, to experience that. I hope, and I know that more and more people will have that opportunity, but I think, you know, just stepping out of your own neighborhood, just, you know, taking the time to look differently at things can, can give you that perspective shift as well. And what it really comes down to is our relationship with each other and with, you know, with this planet that we share together. And, you know, at the simplest level, whether you're looking at it from space or, you know, like I am now at my back window, it's an interconnectivity that's um, pretty powerful. When you came back from space, was that kind of the message that you wanted? Were there things that you just were thinking, I need to tell people this, I, I want them to understand my experience? Were there certain things that really, really just were important to talk about? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think when I was really at the point, you know, ha- after having flown in space twice. And then at that point where I was considering retiring from the astronaut office, like retiring from NASA, my, my motivation in that was, okay, how can I on a much broader scale, um, share this experience? And in sharing that experience to me, there were really two things. And it's why the art for me became so important is that I think art is a way to communicate with audiences that you might not normally communicate with about flying in space. And, um, the two things that stood out to me the most were from the, what we're doing in space perspective is that, um, everything about it, you know, even if we're learning more about exploring further from our planet, ultimately it's about improving life here on earth. And I I think a lot of people don't really appreciate that. So I wanted to open up that awareness and then the other thing was kind of flipping it around, that view out the window, that look back at Earth, which is, I think, a lesson in Earth and Earthling appreciation. And so that improving life on Earth and Earth and Earthling appreciation were probably, you know, at the top of the list, <laughs> you know, things I wanted to, to share from the experience. And then there's so much that can come from either one of those, you know, um, in terms of messaging. But, 
uh, I think at a high level, those were the two things. That's amazing. Um, you talked about art, and you're the first astronaut to ever paint in space. You brought a watercolor kit with you on your mission to the ISS. What is it, do you think, about about science and art and, and being able to paint in space and, and all of that that was just so inspiring and wonderful to you? Well, I think, I've, I mean, I've always had this um, appreciation for both you know, for both the like science, technical side, engineering side of things, as well as I think what we think of as the creative artistic side of things. That, that both of those have been, always been a part of my life. And I, I go back to thanking my parents for that. But um, as I got older, I think I realized that they aren't really two distinct things. I mean, we kind of treat them that way a lot, you know, with our kids in school, you know, when we go off and have our jobs, we, we tend to like segregate them in a way like, okay, you're either doing these technical things or you're doing these artistic things. When in fact, for me, I think the significance of it is that they just blend so nicely together. There's, you know, when I think about the best engineers I know, they're the ones that are creatively thinking about the solutions to that engineering problem. And when I look at the space station, you know, I see this beautiful work of art. There is a design aesthetic associated with it that, you know, in some ways just outshines the, the technical side of it, even, you know, the complexity technically. And but it's not one or the other. It's the blend of those two things together. And, you know, for me, art in space, you know, painting in space was something that a, a thing that I brought to do, do in my spare time. I did, I wasn't thinking of it the way I am, right? (laughs) The way I am right now, you know, but it was the thing I kept coming back to when I started looking at what I would do in my post NASA life. And that, that one opportunity, that, that opportunity to paint in space, it just clicked with me as, you know, this is a way to uniquely share the experience it's a way to engage audiences that might not otherwise think about space or even think about the planet they're living on and they share with everyone else. And I think it's, I think it's working. I mean, I, you know, at least on a small level, it's working. And, and outside of that, this, this whole connection between science and art, um, I, I look at my son, I, I think about it from my son's standpoint, and he's just started ninth grade, so high school. And um, even up till now, I've watched at the schools where they, they want to funnel your kids one way or the other, you know, oh, he seems to have an aptitude for science. We're going to push him down that direction, almost at the expense of the humanities, the arts, the you know, kind of the social creative side of things. And I am trying really hard to make sure that he doesn't forget about one side of his brain, <laughs> one side of his brain. You know, our kids should be, um, encouraged to use their whole brains, kind of a renaissance approach to, to learning where um, if we really want them to be the problem solvers for our future, to, to be looking at the best ways for us to overcome the challenges that we have, we need to, we need to encourage them to use their whole brain in doing that. And I think that, that to me is where the, where it really hits it. You know, this, this idea of science and art coming together is, for our kids to become the creative problem solvers that we'll need um, for our future. 
I love that. Not isolating it from you're just really great at science or you're an artist, but that whole, the whole being, the whole person. I really, really like that. And what has been your response from people when you share that about art and science? I think at, at first there's a little bit of a surprise, but then if you have the conversation, it, it all seems to come around to like, yeah, you know, it, it, it just makes sense. And uh, I think one of the, pl- the times that really stood out to me is how, how people start to get it is, uh, I had the opportunity to curate this exhibit uh, in January of, it's still this year, right? 2017, yeah. <laughs> in Houston at, at the Space Center Houston, the visitor center there. What we did was we called it Space for Art. And it was a display that was a collection of artistic works from people that you would normally just think of as the scientist, engineer, or astronaut, you know, from that technical standpoint but that were doing artistic things. So we had everything from, you know, one of our mission control people that does these beautiful um, sculptural cakes to one of our exercise physiologists who does um, these beautifully crafted woodworking um, longboard skateboards and paintings and drawings and quilting and musical instruments and all of these things that we brought together on display from these people that are normally thought of as just scientists, engineers, and astronauts, and and exhibited this with a little just short, like two sentence state from statement from them about how art and science have played a role in their life. And in every single one, it was not the art or the science. It was the two of them together. And and it was cool to see the public reaction to this, very positive public reaction from kids and adults alike. But I think it was particularly interesting to me to see some of these people come in. You know, they all worked at the Johnson Space Center over time. Um, some of them had worked together for like 20 years. And they were coming in with their artwork to hang it, you know, as we were prepping for the exhibit. And they're looking at each other like, what are you doing here? And it's like they were being reintroduced all over again from this other side of their life that really was an integral part of who they were. And I, I, it was so cool because now I think they probably work even more successfully together in the way they think about the problems they're solving and the work that they're doing because they have this appreciation for kind of the whole person instead of just, oh, this is Ginger, the, the flight controller, or, or um, Bob, the exercise guy. They, they appreciate it from a, a kind of a wholer human side of things. That's amazing, kind of seeing other things that inspire them and getting to know them in a different way. That's so cool. Yep. I, I, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> what do you think were some of the biggest things that you're most proud of in your life and in your career? Wow. Um, I, I think life-wise, I, I really look first to my family. And that, you know, is from the beginning of being, you know, with my mom and dad and my sisters and how we've sustained that through our entire lives. And that's not that there's always smooth road with anything. I don't think any family has that. But, you know, we are, I think, as close family-wise as you can be and, and in terms of encouraging each other and supporting each other. From my standpoint, as a person who wanted to go off and do some things that um, are scary <laughs> to your family and friends, uh, I'm very thankful for that support all along. Probably the pinnacle of that whole family thing for my husband and I has been, you know, our son and watching what just an incredible kid he is. And while we want to take all the credit for that, we know that it's not, we know that it's not just us, 
but we're thankful that we have the opportunity to share what we're excited about with him and let him make his decisions about what really excites him that will hopefully lead to, you know, interesting opportunities for him. So I think that that's probably number one, um, being, being able to be part of that. And, you know, for me as an astronaut, um, being able to share that with him in a way that he felt like he was part of my crew. I, I think that's the key to, <laughs> you know, the key to, um, to comfortably getting through all of that training and the missions and everything is that, that your family is part of it. And my husband and I were very, I know we felt very strongly about making sure he was part of that, part of that experience. I am, I am thankful for the opportunity that I had to fly in space. And I am thankful that that job allowed me to participate in something that is bigger than me. And that is about improving life on earth. And I, I hope that I, and the rest of my life will, will use that in the most positive way I can. That's amazing. As a female and a kind of a male dominated industry, was that something that you thought of or did you even notice that or how was that for you personally? You know, I didn't, I never really, I was never actively thinking of that. And I think through my entire career and even when I think back on school and stuff too, I was never really actively thinking about that. I mean, if I look back on it, I realized, okay, you were the only girl in that engineering class or, you know, you were the only one out at the airport flying and doing that thing. But it didn't seem like there was any issue with it. You know, I never thought of it in any negative way other than, hey, wow, you know, looking back on a man, it would have been nice if there were other girls maybe or something, which I I think we need to do, you know, for, for young girls, and maybe Lily can confirm for us, that for young girls, I think girls need to see women doing things that, that seem a little bit out there. You know, I think girls are much more of a see it, be it kind of um, kind of thing than, you know, boys, I don't think care if they're, they're looking at a, a male or a female role model in something. But girls, I think, need to see women doing things. The only time during uh, my training and flying or anything that I ever really thought about it was when somebody would ask me about it. And I, I, I mean, I was the only woman on my shuttle crews and on my station crew, but it, it never actively was really crossing my mind. And no one ever made, ever made me feel like I should be thinking about it, which I think is a good thing. I, I, yeah, I think it's a really good thing. And, and when I look through it, like the NASA experiences I had, I think there's a, just generally a, a much more progressive environment when it comes to that. And just almost seamlessly, just you're looking on the floor in mission control or on, on the station itself or, or the astronaut office itself or the engineers that are creating this beautiful hardware. I mean, it's just this really nice blend of people. People who all love science and that same mission of wanting to accomplish something together. And I think that's the beauty of that. That's great. Well, and it doesn't mean I don't want to see more women doing it. You know what I mean? I, you, you want to see that happening, but you want it to be kind of this natural, you want it to happen because we're inspiring and encouraging our, our girls to, to be interested and encouraged to pursue these kinds of things. You want that pool of people to be available. You know, I, it, it shouldn't be a forced thing. It, it just should happen. <laughs> and I think, it will. I think it will. I think it is, actually. Right, right. And for you personally, what inspires you? What, what are you passionate about? What excites you? Wow. I am, I think it comes back to those two things that, you know, what did I leave space with? And it'll sound kind of weird. I think, you know, this whole idea of improving life on earth, um, this earth and earthling appreciation that really excites me. And it excites me because it's something that 
Um, if we if we look at the the simplest nature of it, it's something that will make life better for my son and his family and his future and you know everybody else on on the planet. And it sounds a little I don't know kumbaya-ish or <laughs> or you know to you know, just kind of like out there. But I really think if we all just start thinking about ourselves as you know as Earthlings, you know we'll we'll figure out how to overcome the challenges we have. And and being part of that really excites me. Thank you.